0: I love that song, because it's just the gospel. Christ has died, Christ has come, and He's coming back. And it's a beautiful picture of Jesus' love, but He doesn't just die for our sins, but He conquers our sins. He doesn't just die for our sins and get buried, but He raised back to life. That's the God, and that's the Jesus we love, and we long to see his face. We long for him to come back. And we long to be in his presence. I love that song. Let's uh let's turn to Hebrews chapter eleven. And uh we've we've been going through a series called Faith in Hebrews chapter eleven. And uh we've covered three people so far. Uh, we've covered Abel, we've covered Enoch, and we've covered uh, Noah. And today we're going to cover, cover uh, Abraham. So here's the thing I don't want us to forget as we keep going through the, through the people that we're reading through and that we're learning about and we're, we're reading about their faith. Uh, we don't w- want to look at these people that live by faith and just marvel at them as if we can't obtain such faith. Sometimes we forget that. We just keep reading. and We reading about these people of faith and how you look at Abel and you look at, at Enoch and you look at Noah and they're just such great people of faith and we're going to look at Abraham and how they they live by faith. But sometimes we tend to marvel at that and think that we can't obtain that kind of faith. That it, that's just Bible people. That's just those people that were in the Bible. It can't be me who lives by faith. But us as believers, us as Christians, that's normal. We are people of faith. That's who we are. And if we're not people of faith, then can we call ourselves people of God? Because every single person that is commended within the Scriptures right here, in Hebrews 11, it's people of God because they live by faith. And so... Let's not read this as marveling, but encouraging. When we study those who live by faith, let's be encouraged by them. Let it spur us on, like Joe was talking about. Let it spur us on to live bold lives of faith. Looking to Jesus who is faithful and our ultimate example. Last week we covered Noah. Noah. And we examine his life to see how he lived by faith and how we can live by faith as well. We see Noah had a holy fear of God. And I talked about how that word fear gets mixed up a lot. And we we use words just like honor. And we try to make it a little bit more simpler for us so it's easier for us. But that word fear, I believe, is the word fear. And we have a proper, correct fear of God. And the only way we can have that holy fear of God is when we get a right view of God and who He is. He must reveal Himself to us as we earnestly seek His face. And then, and only then, we see ourselves in light of who He is. And that's the moment that we can respond in worship and holy fear, when we see ourselves in the reality of God sitting on His throne, sovereign over everything, we should fear God. But fear without love can be misunderstood, because when people came in front of God and they feared Him and they fell on His face. What God told them is, do not fear. Isn't that amazing? God, who should be feared, says, do not fear. This is Jesus. This is God. Do not fear. And that's because love gives a great picture, correct picture, of what holy fear is. So, Noah heard God speak, and out of holy fear, He was obedient to God's word. He heard God's word. He obeyed God's word. That's faith. When we have a holy and correct fear of God, we listen to what God says very carefully. We hang on every single word as if it's our first date with a, with your, with your wife or your, your husband. It's the most important date that you can have. The first time you're, you're meeting, you're talking, and you're going to hang on to every single word they say because you want to know who they are. But when God speaks, we're going to listen intently because we fear Him and we know His Word holds great power and His Spirit and His Word can change us. So we're going to live in accordance to His Word and to His promise. He also walked with God. Noah walked with God. He walked with God in the midst of everybody else who didn't walk with God, who was in complete rebellion against God, who hated God, who didn't fear God, who was violent to each other. I wonder how hard that had to be for Noah to walk with God in the midst of that. He also patiently waited on God. He waited as he prepared the ark. He waited a year in the ark. While it flooded, and he waited for God to tell them to leave the ark, to get back on land. If we want to be men and women of faith, we must wait on God. And Noah also proclaimed the message of God. And he proclaimed the message of God with his mouth, but with his life. When he built the ark, he condemned the whole world of their sins. When we live our lives in obedience to God, it proclaims an almost even louder message than when we speak it with our mouths. When we speak something, but then we live it, it's a confirmation of what we believe. And Noah was a man who not only believed that God was going to send rain and flood the earth, but he was a man who also built an ark. And by doing that, he proclaimed the message of God. So, now let's look at Abraham's life of faith. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 8. Go all the way down to 19. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive and as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who is past childbearing age, wasn't able to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised; they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return, but instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He would have embraced the promise was about the sacrifice of his one and only son, even though God has said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Sometimes that's not easy to hear a God who tells someone who has faith in God to offer up his only son that he has been waiting for for a very, very long time. That doesn't sit well with a lot of people. But let's look at Abraham's life of faith. One thing I want you to see about Abraham's life of faith and that we see in the Scriptures is that Abraham had confidence within the unknown. He gave up a certainty for an uncertainty. He surrendered the comfortable for the uncomfortable and the seen for the unseen. See, Abraham, he left his home where he lived comfortably for years, for many years. And he just took his whole family, his wife, his whole family. And he left to go live in Canaan. Not even knowing where he was going to go. And not knowing what was going to be there. And God told Abraham once he got to the land that his descendants would actually get the land. He wouldn't really be able to see it like his descendants would be able to see it. So by faith, Abraham, he stayed in tents and moved around place to place and stuck it out because he lived by faith that was founded on a faithful God and his promises. He even had experience of famine and He never even really got to experience the fullness of this land that God had promised. I'm just thinking, this isn't probably what Abraham was thinking of when God said, Hey look, you need to go to this land. You're going to leave your home. You're going to leave this comfort. You're going to leave a really great place. And you're going to go somewhere else. What is all of our thoughts? As Western Americans, God's going to bring me to a better place. He's going to bring me to a place that's way better than where I was before. And God absolutely blesses us, no doubt about it. But I want you to get this. God sometimes calls us to hard places. That's hard to hear for some. But it said, by faith, Abraham, when called to go, Went. And he didn't go to a better place. He went to a place where he lived in tents and had to go place to place trying to make it on his own and with his family. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound like comfort. But that is who our God is. He sometimes calls us out of comfort for his glory. And that is the that is the God of the Bible. He is that way. But our Western culture sometimes twists who God is and says that He can't do that. Or He's not a good God. Or He's not a loving God. But His ways are higher and His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are good. And there's nothing He does for His people that isn't good. Sometimes God will ask us to move from the comfortable to uncomfortable. Has God ever asked you to do something that just seems absolutely crazy? Or it just doesn't seem logical? Doesn't make sense. Why would God call me or ask me to do something like that? But here's my question. Is your will Submit it to God that when he does ask and the Holy Spirit does call, that you go and do no matter what he says. Are you in that position right now where you can say, I'm completely submitted to the will of God? God will ask us. He will ask things of us that aren't fun that aren't comfortable. To live a life of faith, we must be willing to take risk and to do things that are sometimes scary sometimes very difficult. See, God called Abraham, and He's going to call you too. Are you submitted to Him? And if you're not, are you willing to submit? Because that's a place where we need to get. You need to be under his lordship. That's what it means to make Jesus your lord. That you're willing to follow him no matter where he takes you. That he is lord. Some of you may be thinking, God has never called me to anything. especially." Especially nothing uncomfortable. My question is, are you earnestly seeking Him? Are you earnestly seeking Him and are you walking in the Spirit? Because I believe it is impossible to earnestly seek God and walk in the Spirit and not be led and not be called. There's nowhere in this scripture where someone is not called by God to do something. We get distracted. We're maybe seeking other things. But if you're His and if you've been bought with a price that means you're His then He's going to call you. But our ears in our hearts our minds all has to be surrendered to him my fear is that comfort comfort can get in the way of god's will comfort could be a very sacred idol in our lives we don't talk about idolatry a lot in the church because when we think about idolatry, we think about the the golden calves and we think about those things. But comfort and fear, deciding to worship self and let fear and comfort become an idol in your life, and we worship it every day, we won't be able to hear God. We won't be seeking Him because we're seeking our own will in that. If we're seeking comfort or or fear of other things, and we don't want to fear, but we want to live in our comfort, then what happens is we live in selfishness. And we live for ourselves. Instead of completely surrendering our will to God. So, let's wake up throwing off and surrendering our idols and devotions of this world to self on a daily basis. I believe we do have to wake up and do that. Because the moment we wake up is the moment that sin is crouching at your door. It's waiting to take hold every single second. And every single waking moment You have to carry your cross and surrender your life to Jesus. Because we live in the flesh, if not. It's a war. We have to view it that way. That we have to fight. We have to get out our armor. And we have to get out our machines. And we have to fight the enemy. And we have to surrender to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. The other thing that Abraham was about was believing God and His Word to be true. We see Sarah and Abraham believe God's promise of having many children and it became true. Even though she was barren and to add on to her barrenness, she was very very old. She was to the point where she couldn't even have children anymore. She was at the point where child at a childbearing age was it was impossible. But one of the main things we know about Abraham is that he believed and God credited to him righteousness. So it is. It's simply believing the promises of God and our believing is rewarded but also what we really believe is acted out in a daily life. So what we believe, like we believe God hears us when we speak to Him, right? We all believe that as, as Christians. We believe that God hears our cry when we speak to Him. But do we go before the throne seeking his holy face on a daily basis? We believe those who don't put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ will be eternally condemned to hell. But do we truly love the message of Jesus Christ and share it? What we believe what we truly believe is what we live. You see, those are just a couple of promises of many in the Scriptures. But do we believe and trust His Word and His faithfulness to keeping His Word? We see God was faithful to His Word to Abraham and Sarah and He'll be faithful to you as well gave them descendants as numerous as the sand and stars. Which came basically from nothing. Came basically from nothing. But our God is a God who can create something from nothing. That's the God we worship. That's the God we trust. A foundational belief of God creating the world and everything in it. And holding it all together, only by the power of His Word. It just reaffirms His sovereignty. It reaffirms that He is all-powerful. And that He holds everything in His hands. That He has supremacy over all things. And sometimes sometimes as difficult and impossible as Abraham and Sarah's situation is, a, is simple as a simple and promising thing when it comes from God. Something that seemed so impossible to Abraham and Sarah, it became so simple, impossible for God. And that's the God we serve. That's the God we love. For us to live lives of faith, we need to know God's promises. We have to know God's promises. You ought to feed off of God's promises every single day as it's your only food. It's the only reliable food you could have. It's His Word and His promises. Jesus says it. He says, I don't live on bread alone, but I live on the Word of God. That is his food. I just want to read a couple promises that I had in my mind that I have to remind myself daily. Number one, we have been made right before God through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. That's a good promise. That keeps me ticking, that keeps me going. I have been made right before God because He sent His Son to shed His blood so He could take my unrighteousness and give me His own righteousness. That gives me purpose. And if I truly believe that promise, I live differently. God will answer our prayers God gives wisdom generously to those who lack and ask for wisdom. That changes a lot of situations in my life. If there's something going on in my life and I'm lacking wisdom about it, God promises promises me and says that if you lack in wisdom, He gives it generously if you just ask for it. That's a good promise. God provides our daily needs. How often we forget that? At least me. Just living life. God is just providing the food that I eat. The house that I live under. The relationships that I have. He provides all that I need. Because He's a good God. He's a God. When He promises, He keeps His promises. God has given me a helper, the Holy Spirit, for guidance and comfort as we walk this earth. He gave us a promise of eternal security. It says no one can take us from His hands. That brings a lot of security. God will finish the work He has started in us. That's from Philippians. He will, he will finish the work He starts in us. There's comfort in that. You know why there's comfort in that? Because it doesn't depend on me. It's Him working in me. It's Him doing a work in me and finishing something that I couldn't even start. That's a good promise. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for us And His power is made perfect in our weakness. That's a good promise. All these are good promises. We have a place called heaven being prepared for us to live eternally in the presence of God. There's so many great promises in this scripture and I've not even touched them all. so let's believe like Abraham did and Sarah did. When they believed that God would give them children, and through that very line, we get Jesus. It was very hard for Abraham and Sarah to believe that. But because they believed it, not only were they blessed, but all nations were blessed. We all were blessed because they were obedient and they believed God. Your obedience goes further than yourself, just like your sin goes further than yourself. When we sin, it not, not only affects us personally, but affects people around us. Even generations past us, we don't even know about. But the same happens with our obedience. And let me encourage you to be obedient to a God who is faithful. Because not only will He bless you, not only will He reward you, and you may not see it here on this life, but it's guaranteed in the next. It's guaranteed. And the only way I can say it's guaranteed is only by faith. It only makes sense in light of faith. And what Jesus has given me through faith. That's it. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read about Abraham. And the sacrifice. And a lot of people don't want to go to this scripture. Because it, again it's it can be hard. To read. Why would a God do that? But we're going to read it. And we're going to see what God asked of Abraham. Genesis chapter 22. We'll start in verse 1. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Kind of sounds familiar to a gospel story that we know. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering... He set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we, and then we will come back to you. You hear what he said? We will come back to you. He didn't say I, he had confidence. Even though he didn't know, and he knew that God had told him to do what he never wanted to do. But he said, we will come back. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. and he, he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Sounds very similar to a gospel story, we know. Wood placed on his back, he's carrying it to make an offering. Only son I wanted to be a fly on the wall in that moment. That had to be very interesting. Him tying up his son on an altar. And Isaac, he knew what was going on. It's not like he didn't know. He's he's seen this before. But instead, he's in place of what's usually an animal. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar and they arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. That sounds crazy. That just doesn't sound right. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. There's that word fear again. That you fear God. He feared God so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son to be obedient to God. That's how much he feared God. That word fear It's a strong word. Enough to bring your son to an altar. Your only son that you loved and waited for. And to sacrifice him. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram called by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And that's hard to hear. It's hard for me to hear that. Like, why why would God do that? But, I believe we learn a lot about that story. A true story. Obedience no matter what the cost. And for Abraham, God's demand was the highest it could get. There was no higher cost for Abraham, he'd rather give up himself before he gave up his own son. I guarantee it. The highest cost. But Abraham believed God's promise about blessing all nations through Isaac. And he believed that God could even raise the dead. That's the kind of belief he had in God. That even if he had to kill his son, he believed that he would raise him back from the dead. says it right there in Hebrews. A life of faith, it has trials. It has testing. For faith to live, to breathe, to move, it must be tested. It has to be tested. If you take away all of Abraham's testing and trials, then can you see his faith? Abraham's faith is commendable. And his faith came with blood, sweat, and tears. Faith is tested. And faith has trials. And that's what keeps faith alive. It proves our faith. It strengthens our faith. And it ultimately glorifies God. Now Abraham and Sarah by no means live by faith perfectly. But they live by faith with moments of doubt Impatience and, and weakness. You remember Abraham going to Egypt and telling a half lie about his wife. He told a half lie to Pharaoh instead of trusting God that He would take care of whatever. Or Hagar and Ishmael. I remember that. Just not patient enough. Not in that, their time. They had to take their timing and move it to somebody else and have a, a child through a servant of Sarah's instead of trusting the promise. wasn't a good idea and it wasn't a good plan and it wasn't in God's timing. I want to never make these people that I'm talking about that's in the scripture as perfect. So, we can get that picture that these people just lived an absolute perfect life and they never struggled with doubt. They never struggled with sin. They never struggled with their flesh. They struggled in their sinful nature just as we did. Just as we did. But we have a great cloud of witnesses. And we have Jesus as author and perfecter of our faith. So let's read in Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, as the band comes up. Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We read this at the end of every single time. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Church, let's be encouraged by the great cloud of witnesses. And as Joe spoke this morning, there is no temptation that will completely handle us. God does not allow that. We have a choice to say no. Let us throw off the things that hinder us. The things that that keep us from following Christ and fixing our eyes on Him. But let us look to the great cloud of witnesses because we see our God is faithful and then we can look to Jesus, our ultimate example. Take time throughout this week and look at Abraham's life in Genesis. Think chapter 11 all the way through at least 25. Take that time to read about Abraham's life and get the details of it. See what kind of man he was. A man who lived by faith but a man who also struggled in doubt and in timing with God and being patient. Let's pray.